Hello, I'm Alec and this is Scandal 101. I took my first final today. Uh, I'm recording Wednesday, December 1st. And let me tell you, (laughs) it is, it was the most difficult thing academically I have ever had to do. And I have two more. And the one today was for the class that I feel the most confident in. So please (laughs) wish me luck going forward. That being said, thank you for tuning in. I really don't have any scandal updates um, just because I've been busy with finals. I did see that one of the victims from Astro World, Travis Scott, offered to pay for people's funerals, but the family apparently turned it down and basically was like, we don't want your money, you should feel bad for what happened. But other than that, I really haven't been keeping up with the news in terms of different scandals. And yeah, so (laughs) I think that's really all I want to talk about before I dive into this scandal. I found out about this from my sister, so thank you for the recommendation. I honestly hadn't heard of this brand or scandal before, so thank you for the recommendation because it is the worst, (laughs) as most of these things are. So without further ado, you've seen the title. This is Brandy Melville, Trendy Discrimination. And then all of my information for this episode is coming from a very in-depth investigation article written by Kate Taylor for Insider, uh, and I believe it came out in September of this year. Brandy Melville, as a brand, it's they're popular for... it. Their target audience seems to be young girls and women, generally like the high school to college age girls. They sell crop tops, mini skirts, and they have a controversial tagline of, quote, one size fits most, end quote. The brand first opened stores in Italy in the 1990s by owner, founder, and CEO Stefan Marsen, is I'm pretty sure how you pronounce the name, but going forward, I'm going to be saying Marsen, just to refer to him. The first location opened in the United States. It was in 2009 in Westwood, California, right by the UCLA campus, which is very, very fitting for the brand and the target audience that they're trying to go after. It's close to the ocean, it's in LA, it's hip, it's trendy, all of those cool things that the brand is inspiring or aspiring to be. Marsan, he wanted to grow his brand and he realized that going forward the key to expansion was going to be growing within the United States. He was apparently the right person to do it because people described him as, quote, a workaholic who micromanages all aspects of the business, end quote. A little more information about Marsan, Franco Sorgi or Sorgi, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Sorgi. He used to own 11 stores and he said about Marsan that Marsan thinks political correctness is blasphemy. He doesn't hide his prejudices to other executives. And he one time call and like to his executives, he calls, quote, black people primitive and claiming that women only create problems, end quote. 
So right off the bat, we're we're learning that the CEO founder, Marsand, he is a, you know, just a lovely down-to-earth person. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorgi also says that to get into a good position at Brandy Melville, people at all levels of the company, they have to endure Marsan's beliefs. And one thing about Marsan is he is a very, very private person. He has never done an interview. The family of Marsan has, quote, made a religion of confidentiality, end quote. Sorgi opened his first store in Canada in 2012, and according to Sorgi, Marsan was very clear on who he wanted working in the store. And not only working in the store, but also just people who were in the store, like shopping. Marsan told Sorgi, quote, he did not want black people to buy Brandy Melville clothing. It would damage the brand's image to have black or overweight women wearing his nice and delicate garments. He would rather sell it to good-looking rich little girls, end quote. I just... Why? Why? You know, why? I... Let's... Let's just continue. This... Kind, these kind of comments, this attitude was not unusual for Marsan. In a New York City store, there was an elevated area where he and other executives could watch people shop down below. If the executives saw someone in the store that fit the quote-unquote look that, what, that the store was looking for, there was a button that would be pushed, and the cashier would ask for the girl's photo and contact information so that girl could be recruited to then work in the store. A former New York regional manager said that the standard was if, quote, she is skinny, white, blonde, and pretty, let's hire her, end quote. Kind of building off of this almost like creepy Hawkeye's view of, hmm, let's look for pretty pretty people in the store and let's hire them. Executives were sent photos of all people who were going to work in retail positions, and it was said by multiple former and current employees that a new person's pay was determined solely by her photo and sometimes by a screenshot of the person's Instagram. Can you imagine you're getting hired on, and I mean... I know most society's appearance is important, you need to look good, you need to have the trendiest clothing, but this company, according to multiple former and current employees, is literally basing people's pay on how pretty you are and how, I guess, aesthetic your Instagram is. <laughs> Let me tell you, I would not be getting paid very much, but <laughs> we'll just leave that for, that's a different conversation. An employee who worked in both California and New York said that executives would text yes or no and at a and a rate at which the employee would be hired at. So you text the hiring manager or the manager of the store, whatever, would text a photo and the screenshot of the Instagram to the executives. They'd be like, yep, looks good or no. And if the answer was yes, they would also text back a rate at which the person was to be hired at. But... <laughs> Let me tell you, if I'm going to apply at Brandy Melville, I'm getting Botox, I'm getting injections, I'm getting plastic surgery, because you know what? I want to make that money. Isn't that <laughs> That is one of the most ridiculous things <laughs> I have ever, ever heard. What? Good God. Okay. And let me tell you, it only gets better from here, meaning it gets worse. Sorgi, going, so going back to Sorgi, 
he wasn't in, he wasn't about this. So he began hiring employees based on the merit rather than just their looks, which can you imagine hiring someone based on their skill and qualifications? What a crazy idea. But you know what? Sorgi was like, that seems like a good idea. Maybe, maybe I'm going to go that way. And so he went forward with that method of hiring, which good for Sorgi. And because of this, the Brandy Melville Canada Instagram page became more diverse, but the US, the Brandy Melville US Instagram page was basically all just white models. In 2017, three executives were sent to, vis- to visit Sorgi's stores, and Sorgi said that he felt like he was on pretty thin ice. Sorgi said that the executives saw the following problems with his stores. Quote, there's only Indians here. There's only dark people, end quote. They also said that the store was, quote, ghetto, end quote, and that the store needed to be shut down. And then about another one of his stores, there was a manager there that was, quote, too short and fat, end quote, to be working at Brandy Melville. So basically, the problems with his stores was that he wasn't hiring white skinny girls. He was hiring people based on, oh, I don't know, their skill level, their qualifications, their intelligence to do the job. What, you know, what a crazy measuring tactic to hire someone by their level of qualification. After that visit, Sorgi was pressured to shut down stores outside of predominantly white areas, and after a year and a half, their trademark agreements were terminated. Both Sorgi and his business partner filed suit in 2020 saying that their agreements were terminated, quote, because they refused to discriminate based on race or appearance, end quote. And the article didn't have any information uh, as an update to the suit, but I'll be interested to see what turns out from that, because... The fact that the company is pressuring, (laughs) it's just ridiculous. Like, we're going to presumably revoke your trademark license because you're not hiring the people, not necessarily that we want, but because the people you're hiring don't look the way we want. That is just ridiculous. For this article, a total of 32 uh, former and current U.S. employees spoke with the author, and their positions range from stockroom workers all the way up to executives, so there's definitely a nice wide perspective of people in the company giving some insider information as to what's happening. All of those employees, both former and current, said that they felt like the hiring process and the firing process were, quote, heavily influenced by appearance, end quote. And almost all of them said that they saw, quote, evidence that race played a role, end quote. Many many of these employees reported that black staffers were usually put in the stockroom or on night shifts, and former managers in the New York City area said that black employees would be hired for prime hours when the store was super short-staffed, but then they would be fired when white candidates became available. A former manager said, quote, even if they were the best employees ever, they would only keep the ones that were pretty or mixed race, end quote. It's just crazy to me that a company in, you know, the past five to ten years has seemingly been discriminating against people because of race, weight, the way they look. It's just... There's my motorcycle. (laughs) Every time. It's just crazy to think that this is this is happening and especially with such a popular brand that is very much in the public eye 
In 2017, Stephanie Legros, a black woman, had almost worked for a year at Brandy Melville, at Brandy Melville, so she was about to celebrate her one-year anniversary of working there. And at the store she was working at, Marsan, the CEO, was there watching employees. She later found out on her day off, shortly after Marsan was watching employees, that she was fired due to an apparent lack of funds. However, the week before she was fired, the store had hired two white teenagers that were that started off making $2 more per hour than she had made during her time over the almost entire year she had worked there. So we're going to fire this black woman because, oh, we don't have enough money, but the week before we're going to fire this black woman because we don't have enough money. We're going to hire two white teenagers, both of them at a higher rate than we were paying this one person who has more experience than the both of them. (laughs) I just, to me, it can't get any more direct than that. Luca Rotondo, a former senior vice president, said about Marsan that, quote, if Marsan decides a Brandy Melville store has too many black employees, he has them replaced with white women, end quote. He worked for the company for nine years, and he was instructed over his time to fire hundreds of employees. Luca apparently refused to fire a, quote, piece of shit, end quote, manager after being directed to do so by Marsan, and his pay was then cut by $40,000, and then three months later, he was let go. The company said that his pay cut was due to reduced responsibilities at the time, but Luca believes that it was because he he refused to fire that manager that his pay was reduced. Luca has now brought suit, and Luca says that Marsan isn't rational, saying, quote, You can still have stores made out of good and great workers, no matter race or color. End quote. To Luca, I say, I agree with you. The race or color of someone's skin does not determine how good of an employee they're going to be, and the fact that this company is seemingly racially discriminating or discriminating based on weight. It's just, it's just so disgusting. To discuss a little bit more about Marsan, let's look at some of his texts and his group texts that he's a part of. The Insider article looked at over 150 screenshots between Marsan and Brandy Melville's top people, quote, exchanging pornography, which, you know, gross, but pornography, whatever, photos of Hitler, yikes, and memes featuring the N-word in a group text called Brandy Melville Gags, end quote. So this group text is exchanging pornography, which I mean, you know, do what you want to do. It's pornography as long as it's adult pornography, like gross in my mind, but if you want to exchange it with your friends, whatever. But... (laughs) But then you're going to exchange photos of Hitler and memes featuring the N-word? Not, that's pretty disgusting, awful stuff you're doing there. In that group chat, there are members of Brandy Melville's senior leadership, including the chief financial officer. And I'm going to post some of the screenshots on social media, but some of them include uh, a meme of a like a someone holding up a magazine next to a black person's face and on the cover of that magazine is a picture of a monkey seemingly showing wow look how much these two look alike and it was a meme sent around in that uh group chat disgusting another meme that was sent around was a meme of hitler with the n-word on it and just other similarly disgusting things like that 
that was not uncommon to be sent in this group chat, which is just mind-blowing. Between the 150 screenshots, Hitler was mentioned 24 times. Quote, Another included an edited image of a severely emaciated woman wearing underwear and a sash reading, quote, Miss Auschwitz, 1943, end quote. Content shared by others in the group include Marsan's brother-in-law, who is also a Brandy Melville supplier, and in, that, in a photo, he was performing a Nazi salute. Another photo Marsan sent, uh, he folded up a shirt to spell out the word Hitler. And then one person sent a message talking about the cast of the show Happy Days, and someone in the group chat sent a message that said, quote, there were no black people in that show. That's why it was called Happy Days, end quote. Um, I don't know any other way to say this, but I'm going to say it with as much grace and poise as I can. And this is purely my opinion, so putting it out there that this is my opinion. To put it eloquently, I would say that the people in this group chat and the people sending these messages are disgusting, pig-faced, disgusting assholes. And I say that with sincerity and as much poise and elegance as I can. Of course, it being my opinion. <laughs> Just, I, uh, good God, these people are ridiculous. About the group chat, Sorgi, again, and he was the store manager from Canada, he said, quote, Everybody will laugh at the most stupid joke he made, even if they, even if it wasn't funny. Everybody would kiss his ass like you can't imagine. I wouldn't be surprised if people in the chat would post nasty stuff just to make him happy, end quote. And this goes toward the idea of needing to stay on Marsan's good side. Building off of that idea of keeping Marsan happy, retail employees had to take daily photos of themselves and send them to higher-ups, most of which were sent to Marsan and other company leaders. This was to make sure that they had the right quote-unquote look for the store. <laughs> Good god, just, it's, all of this is mind-blowing to me. Marsan would receive upwards of 2,000 texts per day, according to a former executive, and this was before the girls had to start sending the photos to a company email. And it was said that Marsan would save the girls' photos, and one former employee spotted a folder with her name on it on his computer, and it seemed to have all of the photos of that employee in the folder. Which it's like, why are you making your employees send photos to you, but then also why are you saving them on your computer? I mean, I think we can all think of reasons why, but... It's just how ridiculous, not even ridiculous, how disgusting. Even though many of these employees were uncomfortable with these things, many employees said that it would that anything was worth it if they got to work at Brandy Melville. One former employee who was hired on in 2015 said, quote, We called it a sorority. So many horrible things happening, but at the same time, it was the coolest thing to be a part of. Like, I would go back to school and say, yeah, I work at Brandy. And everyone was like, oh my god, you work at Brandy? End quote. It was like this cool kids club that all of these girls wanted to be a part of. And then once you get in, you realize all of these disgusting things are happening. 
some former employees, <laughs> just to add on to the grossness, some former employees would be dubbed, quote, special snowflakes, end quote, and they got access to the company credit card for $1,000 shopping sprees, they were invited on work trips to Hawaii or Italy, and they could use the Brandy apartment, which was located in Soho. <laughs> Can you imagine being dubbed a special snowflake? by company executives, which were probably mostly, like, old white men. <laughs> Good god. Building on top of these working conditions, long hours were a normal part of the job for many employees, and this was according to former employees who worked between 2013 and 2016. Many of the employees took Adderall to stay up over- to stay up all night, and in some cases, the managers encouraged it. Eight former employees from five different stores said that many employees feared weight gain would cause them to lose their jobs, and three of the employees said that they believed working for Brandy Melville is what sparked their eating disorders. So, j the fact that you're fearful that weight gain could cause you to lose your job and that eventually leads to an eating disorder, that's not something that you can just stop. Like, it takes a lot of mental... It's just so much damage is done to the psyche of where an eating disorder is caused. So the fact that a workplace presumably caused someone an eating disorder, multiple people needing an eating disorder on top of that, shows how awful this work environment must have been. It was also said that employees as young as 14 year olds would as long Jesus. It was also said that employees as young as 14 would quote frequently undress in front of male executives to try on new clothing for them end quote. Four former employees said that there was a belief that if you went topless in front of executives you might get paid more. A former employee named Mina Marlena, uh, she said that she was trying on clothes for Marsan and another executive, and at first she would go to the bathroom in between to change outfits, which makes sense. You don't want to change almost down naked in front of your bosses or executives. But then eventually they told her just to stay down here and change here. So to stay in their good graces, she changed in front of them, usually wearing nothing but thong underwear. Quote, I always felt like I had to do what they were asking or I would lose my position, end quote. It was also said that executives would send alcohol to underage store employees and they would even bring alcohol to the stores themselves to drink with the underage girls. I'm going to tell you a story from one employee and just a warning, it does involve a, essentially sexual assault. One former manager asked if she could stay in the Brandy apartment for a night, and again, that was the apartment that is located in Soho, New York. Andrea Castagnasso, who, was a, who is a store owner of some stores in Italy, showed her where, her where her room would be. And this former store manager, she was 21 at the time, and Andrea, I'm pretty sure is how you say his name, Andrea, who's a guy, he said his room was next door, which surprised the 21-year-old. She thought that she would just kind of have the apartment to herself, and she was surprised that one of the executives would be staying there with her. Andrea took the former manager out to drinks, um, and after that, she said her memory went blank. Quote, I do not recall getting in the car or coming back to the apartment. 
I do not recall how my clothes were taken off, and I do not recall how I ended up in his bed or engaging in any sexual activity. I was very sick and disoriented when I woke up the next morning in his bed. He told me I was very drunk and wanted it, although I do not believe I was in any way in a state to consent to this." End quote. She went to a hospital to receive treatment that victims of sexual assault receive, and despite medical staff advising her to file a police report, she chose not to file a police report. A doctor wrote on medical records that the former manager's boss raped her, but that all, but the doctor also wrote that she did not wish to press charges because, quote, she may lose her working visa, end quote. It's just so disgusting because, you know, assuming that the sexual assault did take place, and I'm not saying that it didn't take place, but I just, I'm not going to come out and accuse someone of sexual assault, but I am taking her word for it that there was the alleged sexual assault. She was not in a position to presumably take action, because if she did, the executive, it would have been very easy for her to get in trouble and get her work visa taken away, which then could result in her being deported. I almost wonder if that was known before this all took place, and if it was known that she was, I guess lack for a better phrase, a vulnerable person to take advantage of. And that's, and that's not to say anything about her character, but that is just something in my mind that kind of makes sense of, oh, I can maybe get away with this and there's not going to be repercussions because of the fear of getting the work visa taken away. I mean, it makes sense in my mind. I don't know if that is what happened, but it makes too much sense in my mind. And the fact that it makes that much sense is really upsetting. One way that Brandy Melville has been able to avoid a lot of criticism is because Brandy Melville is not a business, it's a brand. The trademark is owned by YYGM, and every Brandy Melville store is owned by a different individual company. And even though each one is owned by a different company, Marsan is listed as the CEO or director of every one. And because each one is owned by a different individual company, it also makes it hard for legal action to take place. There was a former attorney who tried to serve papers on anyone who could be, who could be considered an executive, but when he went to various addresses associated with the business, all he found were teenage girls. Which, again, just goes to show, and I mean, not saying anything about teenage girls, like, you know, teenage girls, young women, they can do so many awesome things. But it's interesting to me that they're setting up their business these way, this way, that everywhere you go, there's no quote unquote executives. So no legal action can be served. It's just a bunch of teenage girls and young women. It's, it again, makes too much sense to me in my mind to be a coincidence, but that's just my opinion. Until 2015, there wasn't much formal structure to Brandy Melville. There wasn't really a corporate office. There wasn't like a headquarter area. But in 2015, they opened a corporate office in New Jersey and they hired a chief financial officer. And Marsan himself is believed to spend most of his time in Europe and New York. Despite the brand's success, which in 2019 they had an annual globe revenue of $250 million, many former employees think that their success may be coming to an end in the near future. A former employee who is a black woman said, quote, Every year that goes by, the beauty standard is shifting a little bit. 
I feel like they're so out of touch. They don't even try to keep up with the times. They're stuck in this whole 2013 bubble where they feel like young, skinny, blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl should be the face of the brand. We're past that. You know, it's not gonna kill you to put a girl of color on your Instagram. Multiple girls of color at that. End quote. Some, and more recently in 2019-2020, some former employees have quit because the treatment of people of color has become too much for them, and especially in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement. Even with all of this going on, there is still debate as to what the future holds for Brandy Melville. The former store manager who said she was sexually assaulted said, quote, I don't think people know the extent of how bad it is. They would be doing everyone a favor to shut this business down, end quote. And that, my friends, is Brandy Melville, trendy discrimination. First of all, again, to Kate Taylor, who is the uh, author of the article from Business Insider, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. This article had so much in-depth information, and I also did not include everything that was in the article. If you want to read it, I have it linked in the show notes. I didn't include all the information from the article, but just to Kate Taylor, thank you so much for the article. It was super helpful, super informative. My closing thoughts on this are, first and foremost, that I feel so bad for all of these former employees who received discrimination based on their race, their looks, their weight, if they were come after by executives in a sexual way, or if it even it, it even got escalated to the uh, level of actual physical assault. It's just so upsetting to hear. And the fact that 32 former and current employees contributed to this article, I think goes to show the validity of these uh, experiences. I don't think it's a one-off. I think it is clearly a pattern of discrimination and lack of respect for many women, unless you are a white, blonde, skinny teenage girl, which if you are, I mean, good for you. But just because you're not that (laughs) doesn't mean you aren't skilled or beautiful or any of those things. It's just disgusting to me that a company, especially such a successful company, can get away with this for so long and be so successful. Okay, yes, those are my closing thoughts. I, again, thank you uh, to my sister for suggesting this because I would probably not have heard of it unless it was for her suggestion, so thank you very much. And now for the personal scandal, I asked if there were any scandals that had taken place at uh, current or former jobs, and someone sent one in. They said, yes, they did have a scandal. A cop who worked at the airport, so I'm assuming this person worked at the airport, a cop who worked at the airport got one of the women who worked at one of the airlines pregnant. He already had a pregnant wife at home, and he ended up getting fired because the girl told everyone after she was getting ignored by him after telling him she was pregnant. (laughs) Jesus. So this officer had a pregnant wife at home, gets someone else pregnant, and then when he gets this other person pregnant, he just ignores her. What a dick. Like, people are the worst, which I think we've learned from this episode. So if you take anything away from this episode, one, know what's going on at Brandy Melville, and two, know that people are disgusting, which hopefully at this point, in listening to the podcast, you've realized, <laughs> because that seems to be an overarching theme in every episode. 
And on that note, thank you so much for listening. I have two finals left, so please wish me luck. Um, If you want to follow us on social media, I'm going to post some photos related to this episode on Instagram at Scandal101Podcast, on Twitter at Scandal101Pod, on Facebook, search Scandal101Podcast, you'll find us there. The website is scandal101podcast.podbean.com, and that is where I post the show notes where you can find the link to the article that I used. And then the email is scandal101podcast at gmail.com. So if you have a personal scandal that you want read on the show, or if you have an episode suggestion, please send it there. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 29 of Scandal 101.